Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. Hey, uh, today we're going to begin a, a series of messages. Uh, I preached this series uh, back in uh, 2015, but it was a very significant series of messages to me, and I really do believe it's one of the most significant series that I could teach and preach on here at Victory Church. I believe it will help you so tremendously if you will get the concept behind this series, the message. a series we've, we've entitled, The Powerful Principle of Seed Time and Harvest. The powerful principle of seed time and harvest. I really encourage you to take notes. We're going to be on this series all through the month of April and Heart for the House Month. I believe uh, we're going to we're going to see God just do some amazing things in our life in the month of April. Do you have your Bibles today? Do you ever want everyone bring your Bible? How many of you got paper? You got paper? How many of you got electronic? There's a, yeah, some electronic, right? Everybody ought to have something. Whether it's paper or electronic, you need to bring your Bible. Everyone needs to learn how to use their sword, all right? And so we're going we're gonna to hold our, our swords high today or hold that Bible up. We're going to make the good confession of our faith together. It's on the screen. Come on, say it with me. This is my Bible. It's true. I accept everything it has to offer me. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by sight. I am what the Word says I am, I have what the Word says I have, and I can do what the Word says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'll never be the same, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. This series of messages was actually born in my heart in a season of prayer. I was praying, I was taking an extended time to pray, and and I just really believe that God breathed into my heart. He just spoke it so clearly, this powerful principle of seed time and harvest. And, you know, oftentimes when I, I pray, and most of the times when I pray, um, I get what I would call impressions when I pray. It's just I sense God is saying something or doing something. It's not like I'm hearing anything audible or, or anything like that. I just sense God's presence or are leading. And then there are other times when I'm praying when I, when I kind of hear that still small voice. You know, uh, they refer to it as the inner voice. It's like uh, the Spirit of God speaking to our inner spirit. It's a little bit louder and it's a, it's a little bit clearer and it's like he directs you to a scripture or he says something to you and you go, oh, okay, I, I'm hearing that. But then there are times, and it doesn't happen all the time, but there are times when it's almost like it's a shout. And it's like, you can't miss this. And it's like, bam, whoa, I just heard, that was God, and there was, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no question. You know this was God. So for those of you who maybe are new to the faith or maybe you're new to prayer and you're starting to learn how to develop this, I really do believe that most of the time when we pray, God leads us with impressions. We, we just sense God is leading and guiding and directing us in a certain way. You need to learn how to rely on that inner sense, that, that inner leading. There are times when you'll hear maybe something a little bit clearer, and it's almost like that you hear an inner voice in your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying this or this, this thing, and you go, oh, wow, okay. 
But then there are times, and it doesn't happen all the time to me. Don't you wish that God would just speak openly with you all the time? Right? But every once in a while, God is just just so loud you can't miss it. It's just like his voice. You hear it, and you know that was God. And, And it was in one of those moments, in one of those seasons of prayer where I just really heard from God, and this is what just exploded in my heart and in my spirit. This is what God said. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Everything. Emphasis on the everything. This is what I heard. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and and harvest everything. And as I began to meditate on that, as I began to think about it, as I began to search and examine the scriptures, I began to see that the the laws of seed time and harvest run through the very theme of the scriptures. From Genesis onward, we see this principle of seed time and harvest in the story of creation. Genesis chapter number one, we see God in the creation story beginning the process of creating, and God spoke, and there was. And on the third day, it says, and God said, let there be, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetation. Plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So God spread vegetation throughout the earth and it was seed bearing and it were reproduced after its kind. Right after that, he created all the animals. And the animals did what? They reproduced what? After their kind. There was seed in them. How many know you can't reproduce something if it doesn't have seed? And he said, multiply and fill the earth. How do they do that? Through seed time and harvest. And then he created human beings in his likeness. And he said what? Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it through the process of what? Seed time and you can't have harvest without seed you got to plant the seed. Come on, somebody. Planting the seed, you can reap the harvest. The flood came, wiped out all humanity that, that their heart had grown hard. And then after uh, Mo, or Noah and his, his family came off the, the ship, God reintroduces this whole thought in Genesis chapter number 8, verse 22. Look what it says. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. There are some things that God has established for his kingdom to operate in. One of them we're going to see in the scriptures is the laws of seed time and harvest. And here he said, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. We go through the rest of the Old Testament, we see the principles of seed time and harvest in the writings of King David 
and in the writings of King Solomon, principles of seed time and harvest. Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus begins his teaching ministry. And in Mark chapter number four, Jesus very early on in his preaching schedule introduces the people to this parable, the parable of the sower. Remember this parable? In Mark chapter four, Jesus said a sower went out to sow seed. Some fell on the path, some fell on the rocky soil, some fell among the thorns, and some fell on good soil. As Jesus is explaining this parable to his disciples, he looks to them, this is really interesting, he looks to them in verse number 13, says this, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? <laughs> don't you understand this parable? Because if you don't get this one, what's Jesus saying? This is the easiest of all the parables to understand. And the understanding of my kingdom begins with an understanding of this parable. If you'll get this parable, you'll begin to understand other things in the kingdom of God. It's so important. Paul picks up on this theme in, in Paul's writing. You read, we read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Bob used that for the offering. It was all about seed time and harvest. The principle of seed time and harvest runs all through the teachings of the word of God. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Now let me pause here just for a moment because I want to talk to you just for a moment about the kingdom of God, all right? The kingdom of God is one of those things that we need to understand, all right? What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is God's dominion. It's his domain. It's the sphere of his rule and dominion. All right? So it's where God rules. It's where God reigns. It's the way that the king has determined for things to operate. The king's dominion, the king's domain is the way that the king has determined for life to function. Now here's something many of you need to understand. This is a kingdom. It is not a democracy. See, we don't get to vote and choose. We don't elect our king every four years. He is king. And he's determined how his kingdom functions and how his kingdom operates. He's established the rules and the guidelines for how his kingdom works and operates in the world. We don't get to say, well, I don't like that part. Well, I like that, that scripture. I like that. I think I'll take that one. But I'm not so sure I really like that one, so I'll just leave that one over here. No, it's a kingdom. There's a kingdom rule. And we operate under the kingdom. Where does his dominion exist? Everywhere. God's kingdom is everywhere. David said, where can I go where I can get away from your presence? If I go to the highest heavens, you're there. If I go to the lowest parts of the earth, you're there. Everywhere is God's kingdom. And his kingdom rule operates everywhere. So here's the truth. You and I are living right now in the kingdom of God. <laughs> right now. Every day. 24-7. We're living in the kingdom of God, whether you recognize it or not. 
whether you believe it or not, you're living in the kingdom of God where his reign and his rule is in operation. It's interesting that God's word indicates that there are some that are members and citizens of his kingdom and some are foreigners and strangers. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household or his kingdom. So there are people on the earth today who are members of his household, members of his kingdom. But there are others who are foreigners and strangers. God has established laws by which his kingdom operates. These laws apply to everyone, both citizens and foreigners. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like the United States. We have laws, and our citizens are intended to abide and live by those laws. And if a foreigner comes into our country, at least this is the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> they are subject to our laws as well. You operate within the laws of the United States. You receive the blessing of the United States. You violate the laws of the United States. And guess what? You will pay the penalty for violating the laws. At least you're supposed to. That's the way it's supposed to work. And this is not even a political sermon, right? <clears throat> but that's the truth. That's the kingdom. It's God's reign. And it's operating in our world today. It's operating in our lives today, whether we recognize it or not, whether we believe it or not. And if you don't operate according to the laws of the kingdom of God, you won't experience the blessing of the kingdom of God. And if you violate the laws of the kingdom of God, you will pay the penalty for violating the laws of the kingdom of God. That's the way it works. So back to the revelation. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. All right, now, let me give you just a little, little teaser here, okay? Since Easter is coming, right? Easter is just a few weeks away, all right? Here's, here's the teaser, why did Jesus have to come, die, and be raised again to life? Why did Jesus have to come, die, be buried, and be raised to life? Because everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Everything. Jesus came as the seed, spoken of in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You remember when Adam and Eve fell because of Satan's interference? God spoke to the, the serpent and said this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between your seed and her seed, capital S. Speaking prophetically of Jesus, he would come as a seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heal. So when Jesus came, he knew he would have to die. He knew he would have to be buried. And he knew that in three days, he would be raised again to life. He did that so that he could free us from the slavery that we are under 
the enemy's control. So Jesus knew that. So Jesus, in speaking to his disciples about why he had to die, said this, John chapter 12, verse 24. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. Come on. I'm a seed today. How about you? You're a seed today. Why? Because Jesus came operating by the laws of seed time and harvest, allowed himself to be crucified, buried, raised again from the dead so that he did not remain alone. He became the brother of a bunch of other seeds. Because the entire kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Pardon me, I just got a little bit excited there just for a moment. So, when you understand the kingdom of God, and that it operates on the principles of seed time and harvest, the scriptures will come alive to you in a whole new way. You'll begin to see truths that you did not see before because it's a principle of the law of seed time and harvest. Over the course of the next several weeks, what I want to do is I want, to, I want us to consider the laws of seed time and harvest. We're going to start getting into that next week. And I want to talk to you about seeds that we can sow that will help us produce the blessings that the kingdom of God promises. How many would like more of the kingdom of God's promises in your life? Well, you need to understand then that there are seeds that we can sow that release the promises of God's kingdom in our life. And today, what I want to do is just in the last few moments that I've got, because we don't have time to start getting into the laws themselves, I want to, I want to just give you four principles that govern the laws of seed time and harvest. All right? So if you're taking notes, make sure you write these down. These are, these are just principles that govern the laws of seed time and harvest. Are you ready? And number one, these are laws they're laws. Therefore, they operate independently of whether you believe in them or not. They are laws. And therefore, they operate independently of whether you believe in them or not. <clears throat> there is a law in our world. It's called the law of gravity. The law of gravity says whatever goes up must come down. There's a gravitational pull in our world that if something is at a high level and it falls off, it's going to fall to the ground because gravity, the law of gravity will take over and will pull that to the ground. So you can go to the highest building. You can stand on the edge of that building and say to yourself, I don't believe in the law of gravity. I don't believe in the law of gravity. I just don't believe in the law of gravity. I don't believe that if I step off this building, I'm going to fall to the ground. I don't believe. But the moment you step off that building, guess what? The law of gravity is taking over. And whether you believe it or not, you're going down. Same is true with the laws of seed time and harvest. It doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not. They are laws, and therefore they operate independently of whether you believe in them or not. So how many of you would be willing to admit it's probably a good thing to believe in the laws, right? It's important. It's significant. And we need to get these into our spirit. 
The second principle, these are laws, and therefore they operate regardless of whether you're aware of them or not. Doesn't matter if you're aware of the law. It's still operating in your life, right? There are so many laws that operate in our world without our, even our recognition of them. They just are because they're laws. Um, there's, a, there's a law called the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics will actually overpower the law of gravity, because if you get the right speed and the right wing angle and you know birds operate according to the law of aerodynamics all the time, right? But when was the last time you got on a plane and sat down and thought, hmm, I wonder if the law of aerodynamics is going to work on this thing? I don't, I don't sit there and think about the law of aerodynamics, the fact that if that plane gets to a certain speed and has the right kind of tilt, it will overcome the law of gravity and will, will ascend over, over the land. I don't think that. But it's operating, regardless of whether I'm aware of it or not. And there are principles of God's kingdom that are operating in your life, and you're not even aware that that principle is operating. And you're wondering, why am I not getting off the ground? Or maybe, why am I getting off the ground? Well, you set in motion a law you didn't even know was a law. And now you're experiencing a blessing you didn't know you were eligible for because you didn't know the law existed. But if you understand that this is a law and I understand what the law is, then I'll know how to operate it and I'll know how I'll be able to soar, oftentimes above my circumstances. Right? This is really good. Aren't you glad I'm preaching it again? I'm telling you. All right, here's, here's the third principle. All right, you ready for this one? You might want to curl your toes first, because this one's a little hard to take. These are laws. And therefore, they operate regardless of the kind of seed you sow, good or bad. Good or bad. It's a law. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The seed that you sow is determining the fruit that you produce. Your life today is the direct result of the seeds that you have sown in your life. Right? Seen so many people, they sow the wrong kind of seed and then they pray for crop failure. But if you sowed the seed, you will reap the harvest. Right? 
And here's the fourth principle. Because these are laws, sometimes we are affected by the seeds that others have sown. Because they're laws. We are sometimes affected by the seeds that others have sown. Why is there evil in the world? Because if you sow evil seed, you get an evil harvest. Come on. Right? Why is there so much good in the world? Because if you sow a good seed, you're going to get a good harvest. Sometimes our lives are affected by the seeds that others have sown. I'm not even sure. I know a lot of you here today aren't even aware of the fact that you are blessed today because of seeds that others who have gone before you have sown into this ministry. For over 30 years, people sowed sacrificial seed into this building so we could have what we're enjoying today. And some of you weren't even aware of the fact that other people sowed seeds so that you could sit there in that chair today. And my question for you is, what will you leave for future generations? What kind of a legacy do you want to leave behind? Because the seed that you're sowing today is affecting future generations tomorrow. They tell us today that children who have been abused are highly more likely to become abusers themselves. The seeds that you sow today will become the harvest that they reap tomorrow. (laughs) It's a little sobering, isn't it? Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Everything. So with that in mind, let me share with you two last things, and then we're going to be done. All right? So the worship team can come. Just so you know, I'm, I'm honest. I am nearly done. But in light of the fact that everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest, everything, I'd like you to consider these two things. Number one, see everything that you do as a seed. See everything that you do as a seed. Let me show you. And I can prove these by the Bible. All right? Every thought is a seed. So what what seeds are you allowing to be planted in your mind? Why does the Bible say, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Because every thought is a seed. And if you allow that thought to germinate, it can produce more types of those seeds in your life. Every word that you speak is a seed. Hello? (laughs) So what words 
are you declaring out of your mouth? What, what words are you declaring over your children? What words are you declaring over your marriage? What words are you declaring over your finances? What words are you declaring over your health? Because they're like seeds. God spoke and worlds were created. It was a seed from the very beginning. Your words are a seed. Can you take some more? Your attitudes are a seed. Some of you got really funky attitudes. And you wonder why people respond to you the way that they do. They're just a harvest of the attitude that you're putting off. Deal with your funky attitude. I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, get back in bed and get out on the right side. Come on, somebody. Your talents are seeds. Your talents are seeds. Jesus told the parable of the talents. One went and sowed his talents or reaped five more. One had two. He sowed. One took his talent and buried it. God said, you wicked, lazy servant. Your talents are a seed. Use them to bless others and you'll receive a harvest of sowing your talent. Okay, let's, let's, get, let's get personal. Your work is a seed. The way you work is a seed. Are you the best worker in your organization? Or do you slough, take advantage, cut corners? Are you there early and leave late? Or do you show up late and leave early? You're sowing seed. You're not even aware of this, but the simple fact is commerce operates on the principle of seed, time, and harvest. You sow a gift or a talent or a product. People give harvest. Everything in the kingdom of God operates. God's kingdom is not a socialist nation. Right? It's based on seed time and harvest. What you sow, you reap. Man, this is good. All right, all right. Let me let me bring it let me bring it into the house of God. All right, can I do that? Can we just just finish by bringing it into the house of God? Watch this. Watch this. Worship is a seed. Worship is a seed. Just the fact that you came today that was a seed. I'm so proud of you that you came this morning. You're sowing some seed, but your worship is a seed. Some people wonder, why am I not getting more out of my experience? What are you giving in? This is a principle. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you, says the Lord. Give him nothing. He has nothing to be able to give back to. 
It's a seed. The more, and like Bob said today, sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Sow generously, you're going to reap generously. Wow, this is so good. This is so good. Giving is a seed. I can't wait to get into the laws next week. Oh, man, I'm telling you. When you get a hold of the, the fact that giving is a seed, you're going to want to become a more generous giver. An invitation. is a seed. Every one of you had one of these on your chair this morning when you came in. How many knew this was a seed? It's what it is. It's a seed. But unless you sow it, it can't produce anything. If you don't give it away to someone who needs to be here on Easter Sunday morning, if you just let this, if you post this with your your magnet to your refrigerator, it's wonderful. You're going to be here on Easter But what person could have received this seed and responded and come and maybe experienced the life that only God could give? And we've made it so easy for you. All you got to do is put their address on it, stick a stamp on it, drop it in the mail. You don't even have to personally face rejection. What if they reject me? They rejected Jesus. He became the Savior of all. Come on. Come on. Everyone could sow a seed. I'm believing for over 500 people to be here on Easter Sunday morning. Over 500 people to be in this place. But in order to to reap that harvest, we've got to sow a lot of seed. All right? Now, let me close with this last thought. You can't do anything about the seed that you've already sown in your life up to this point. But you can choose what kind of seed you're going to sow from this day forward. You can have a different harvest tomorrow if you'll start sowing different seed today. Amen? How many of you received from that today? Did you receive from that this morning? Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.